Welcome to the Hamumu Halloween Home Horror Hoedown, the podcast where we watch scary movies so you don't have to. From award-winning to completely unknown, we take them all way too seriously. I'm your host, Mike Hommel. And I'm your host, Solange Hommel. Now warning, we use a ghoulish number of spoilers, so watch the movies first. Second warning, we don't know anything about anything, so don't take us seriously as we take these movies seriously. All of these movies nowadays, nowadays being since 2012, I guess, Okay. start with a dramatic death, sort of unrelated to the main story. Yeah. I mean, this one was very related. They're always related. They're always related. But but yeah. Yeah. It was a very dramatic uh, prologue to this one. They're just like, they always start up, let's see somebody die, get their face thrown in a fire or jump out of a building or whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. And the woman in black from 2012. Mm Mm-hmm. Started with three little girls having a tea party and then jumping simultaneously out of three windows. Three very adjacent windows, yes. Yes. Attic. The attic windows. Yeah. It was convenient, for some definitions of convenient, <laughs> that uh, that there were three windows for those three girls. It would have been more problematic for the woman in black to convince them to perhaps <laughs> throw themselves out of a single window one at, one a, at time. a time. Yeah, well, they could like all, you know, like grab onto each other and woo. <laughs> I don't know. It, it was convenient for her that there were there was a window for each girl. Yeah, that helped. Yeah, that's probably why she picked them. Yeah, and throughout the whole movie, we have these these images of children being possessed by the woman in black, telling them to do something terrible to themselves. Yeah, that's kind of her gig. She just... Oh, she is a vengeful ghost. Yeah. So her deal, her being Jeanette, the woman in black. Oh, I didn't even realize she had a name. Yes, she's the sister of Alice Drablow. Right. Alice took her son away and like declared yes. her incompetent and was like, I'm going to raise your son. Yes. And then... Didn't watch that son well enough, and he drowned in the marsh. I don't even know that it was a watching well enough situation. Like, they were driving home because they lived on an island in the middle of water. (laughs) Yeah. Like, the tide comes in, and it's an island. I mean, an island is always in the middle of water, I suppose. That is the definition. Like, the tide comes in, and the house is on this little island, and then the tide goes out, and then there's a perfect road between the island and Mm -hmm. the mainland, which somehow is, like, nicely paved and and drivable (laughs) in between each high tide, which doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it's weird. But, so they were driving home, and the tide was coming in, and the... They got caught in the marsh, and Alice saved herself, but Mm. didn't save the boy. The boy drowned in the marsh. I feel like I wasn't paying enough attention. I understand now why they pulled him up in a car. Yes. It was like a horse-covered wagon. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So then the woman in black was 
angry that she did not like that no she's like you 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 took my son away from me first of all and then you let him die and now i'm gonna kill all of the children in this village yes but first she killed herself which made her into the ghost Mm -hmm. that could then kill all the Mm -hmm. kids in the village Mm -hmm. and we're finding all of this out because harry potter is a lawyer (laughs) and has been sent that's one way to describe it (laughs) No, Daniel Radcliffe is the main character. Like he's the story revolves around him as a young lawyer being sent off to deal with the um, estate of of this Alice Drablow after she has died. And it reminded me a little bit of the Wicker Man. Yeah. In that there was somebody from, you know, the big city being sent to this like little community and being received in really unpleasant, awkward ways (laughs) that no, like you don't know why everyone is so unhappy to see you. Yeah. Everyone in this village was really clear that this was a bad house and you don't go there. Right. Because they all knew that anytime someone sees the woman in black, she kills one of their children. Like they knew this. I feel like they should have been more convincing. Right. But did they say this to him? Were they like, look, man, (laughs) our kids will die if you go to this house. It's kind of a big deal. They didn't. No, no. We don't like talk about what the stakes truly are. Instead, we just give him lots of like weird looks and, you know, hide behind the curtains anytime he comes, walks past your window and tell him, oh, no, we don't have that room that you booked. I guess you have to stay in the attic, which, by the way, has three conveniently placed windows. Yes, it does. So, like, yeah, I I cannot blame him for not getting the point of what was happening. And so he goes and he tries to do his job because he's been threatened by his boss back in London, like, get this right or else. Mm -hmm. And he has to take care of his young son. He has a young son. Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh. That seems problematic. But before it becomes problematic for his young son, first he gets several of the community children murdered. (laughs) Yes, so many. I mean, it's not really his fault because nobody told him this is the thing. But he's out there in that house. Like, he is just seeing the woman all over the place, right? Mm -hmm. Every time he sees her, somebody dies. That was a complaint I had with this movie was there were just too many scenes where somebody generally Harry Potter, would see a ghosty person in the distance or in another room or whatever and go, what's that? And go looking for them. And it was just so much Mm -hmm. of going looking for them and not finding anything and then seeing them somewhere else and going looking there. He clearly was a character. Like, his character was not someone who was superstitious or believed in ghosts. Like, it was clear because he just, yeah, at no point did he think that there was a ghost even when he was seeing the ghost, he was just like, someone must be here. Yeah. And and given how they've been, you know, treating him in the village, it's not shocking that he'd be like, one of the village men is here trying to mess with me. Yeah. The, the whole movie had a very, like, Charles Dickens feel to it. Yes, this is a period piece. All kind of... The, the, the guy he made friends with is the only guy in town with a car. Yes. And, but even beyond that, like it just had kind of the whole, like everything was dark and dingy, like the whole, like industrial era dingy 
Yeah. And everyone was sad and like, it just, the whole thing was so melancholy all mm-hmm. along. And yeah, well, it's a town full of people whose children keep getting killed. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> but like everywhere, the whole movie, I was just like, really? No one in this universe has like something yellow? That. <laughs> There's a fun bit at the beginning of the movie. Arthur's son draws him a picture, and he's like, this is me, and that's you, and that's Mommy. Mommy's an angel up in the clouds. And and, and don't forget the nanny, because oh, the, the nanny. nanny's the person who takes care of yeah, him now. Yeah, the nanny's like the most important person in his life. Arthur's face is a frowny face. He's this little stick man with a frowny face. He's like, why, why, why do I look why so do sad? Why do I look so sad? The kid's like, that's just how your face looks. <laughs> <laughs> Out of the mouths of babes. Yeah. Yeah, and he was so he went away for the weekend to go do this job, and the nanny and his son, Joseph, were going to come up and meet him on Friday because where else would you want to spend the weekend than some incredibly dreary town full of people who are mourning the death of their children? Yeah, in the swamp. To be fair, he didn't know that when he invited his son up. It was also a very gothic story. Like, it had all the hallmarks of gothic. It had that dreary style. It had the big... Straight-up haunted house. Haunted mansion. (laughs) It had the, you know, sad family backstory Mm -hmm. uh, multiple times over. Yeah. Everyone had a sad family backstory. It had, you know, crows and spiders and graveyards and all that stuff. Oh, my. Had the wet footprints walking across a room. Yeah. Thunder and lightning and rainstorms. Absolutely. Which made me realize, you know how when we play movie bingo and every time I put a thunderstorm on there? (laughs) Yeah. I think it's because I just spent a lot of time reading and watching gothic horror when I was a kid. Like, I read all the, you know... (laughs) Ooh, spooky industrial era ghost stories. (laughs) That's back when there was thunder and lightning. (laughs) I guess. They also had a ton of music boxes and various other toys Uh, that made music. This kid, the kid who originally belonged to Jeanette and was stolen, had only wind-up toys for toys, and he literally owned them all. He owned everything. All the wind-up toys. Which made me wonder, is that like a... Would that have been like a a wealth and status kind of thing? Like, Seems like it. Like, these are elaborate toys that had to be handmade, you know, to be able to do all of these things. And so, clearly, they were expensive, and he had a bunch of them. Mm-hmm. Look how well I can provide for this child I stole from my sister. Yeah, but... On the flip side, they're not fun. Because, like, I mean, we, the first time you turn it on, that's pretty cool. You get to see what it does. But then that's that's what it does. You don't really get to play with it. You just turn it on and let it run its thing. It was a simpler time. I would have rather had a bouncy ball. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. mean, a stick. A, a stick, a bouncy <laughs> ball, some chalk. Yeah. All the best toys. A hoop, I, well, obviously, a hoop and a stick. Obviously. I mean, I feel like... This child probably felt the same way. Yeah. I I don't think those toys were purchased for the child. I think they were purchased along with the child. (laughs) It it sounds like you're on Jeanette's side. 
I kind of am. Like her sister was a beanbag. Like you don't get to steal other people's kids. That's yeah. that's not Seems acceptable bad. behavior. And then to just abandon them as your wagon is sinking into the mud, you're just like, oh, <laughs> guess I'll have to steal kid. another kid. <laughs> Yeah, which actually is what Jeanette was doing because we discover that all the kids she's murdering, they're like stuck around as ghosts in this house. Mm -hmm. So she's collecting the kids. Mm -hmm. But I liked liked the gothic horror aspect of it. I think it was done well and it definitely had an atmosphere to it. Hey, Soli. Hey, Mikey. Let me tell you something. This movie is based on a book called The Woman in Black, which I don't know when it's from. I think it's an older book. And there's also an earlier 1989 BBC television movie of the same book. So exciting stories to be shown. And then they made the sequel to this, and I think somebody was going to remake this. I mean, it's, it's a story that people are into. Quick research indicates the book is from 1983, so not that old. Written by Susan Hill of Scarborough, North Yorkshire. Of course. This is all very British. Yes. Yeah, it definitely, like, it it is in fitting with a lot of those other stories, like... The Haunting of Susan Hill House? (laughs) (laughs) That's funny that you said that. The House on Haunted Susan Hill? (laughs) Yes, those, or I was also thinking of We Have Always Lived in the Castle. Definitely, there's a vibe there. Yeah, they're out on the moors. It's foggy. Mm -hmm. Horses scream in the night. (laughs) (laughs) It's something they do. They, like, break their ankles on something and go, (laughs) and everybody's so upset. Yeah, yeah. And then there's some guy going, and the horse is like, That might be a goat. (laughs) That did sound like a goat. (laughs) I also wanted to say, when I was trying to think of the names of those titles, I was going to say What We Do in the Shadows, which is also kind of gothic, but but comedic gothic? Yeah. Anyway, Arthur Kipp, should he have stopped at some point? Well, he was hired to go get the documents from this house, mm-hmm. not just get them. He, he, I guess he was supposed to leave them there and just look at them while they're there to support or relate to this woman's will. And the first thing I saw him look at was like a birthday card. And I was realizing very quickly that he took the the brief of looking at documents way too far. Oh, yeah. Uh, he drug out everything from this house. He was like... crawling under beds and stuff yeah and he was like oh let's see what the seventh grade yearbook looked like (laughs) he's just yes he should have stopped because he didn't need to look at all these things so i think that any other lawyer who they had sent would have received the documents from the lawyer that was there in town who was like showed up and was like here here's a manila envelope full of everything you need just go home now that's what they told him and they probably would have been like, hmm, well, that was easy. Boss doesn't know I'm coming back till Friday. Maybe I'll go take a little vacation time. Like, but not I don't know. in this town. No, not in this town. But he, Arthur Kipp had had it fully impressed upon him that if he messed this job up in any way, he was kaput at work. And then he was really attached to the whole idea that they were coming out on Friday. Yeah. And so he really wanted to be there till Friday. Yeah. I I also feel like there might have been some point with, like, lights coming and going and 
doors opening and closing and people knocking but not existing. Like, all kinds of things were going on where I'm like, there might have been a point somewhere where he's like, you know what? I'm not sure about this. Yeah. Maybe I'll only do this in the day. Why was he working (laughs) all night long? Um, That was because it it was about the the haunting like he was gonna look around and see if he saw her again or something like that like he wanted to stay there and have his chance hmm. and and maybe get it all done because everybody was pushing him so much to get out of there yeah that could be i don't know that could be although they also were like okay we're dropping you off at the house and we're gonna go back to town and the tide is going to come in, and you're going to be trapped here until the tide goes out again. Yeah. And so that was an interesting little, like, tool to use in, in terms of, like, isolating him. Yeah. But still having people for him to interact with when needed. Like, when the story needed, not when he needed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, I think that was a cool idea for, you know, trapping the person. And, you know, the traditional, oh, you have to stay here all night for the to get your money from the will or right, whatever right. but this makes a lot more sense it's just it only is usable half the day although i feel like they didn't really exploit it very much it seemed like he would just have a little event or two happen and then it'd be like oh well now it's time i'm getting picked up and yeah i don't know it didn't he didn't feel very trapped i mean to me he felt trapped but it didn't feel like it mattered at all yeah like maybe that's it i don't know Yeah, because it didn't feel like he cared that much. Like, he didn't seem to want to be getting off the island. No. As much as he was like, this is weird, I'm a little spooked. He wasn't trying to leave and not being able to. He was just... Yeah, that could have been... Being there. Kind of interesting. So, on the train down to this city, town, village, pub, pub, no. Crossroads. Pub with other buildings. On the shore. (laughs) On the way down to this little town, he meets a guy on the train. It's a rich guy named Mr. Daly who, like, befriends him and is like, hey, come over for dinner. And it just, he also is doing a bad job of being like, don't go to that house. He kind of supports him going to the house. His wife, though, has some problems. Yeah, my note was, Mrs. Elizabeth Daly is not well. No, she's not. And I guess she's not mentally well. And she needed to take her medicine at one point. Well, yes, her medicine, which I was like, that makes sense. She seems like someone who should probably be taking some medicine. Yeah. And then they chloroformed her. (laughs) I was was, like, that's an interesting. That is a rock solid medicine for mental issues. (laughs) Yeah, I think she was mostly like broken. After her son was one of the victims of the woman in black. Indeed. And she was like determined that he, I don't know, it was sort of like she was insisting that he wasn't actually dead, but she knew he was dead. So instead she was putting all of her like maternal everything into these two pugs (laughs) or whatever kind of dog they were. like Dumb little dogs. The twins. Yeah. It was an odd situation there. And she had this psychic connection to her son or maybe to Jeanette. I don't know. 
where she was getting messages from the beyond that she would scratch into things with a knife. They weren't very helpful, but... She even said at one point she was saying the things that her son yeah. was saying, was trying to say from beyond the grave, where, like, yeah. she's coming, so just, she took us, whatever. I feel like that's a gothic element to just randomly throw a psychic in there. Yes, De- and especially one who everyone thinks is mentally incompetent. And they have to chloroform. <laughs> And one who gets chloroformed. Yeah, so Arthur was a little surprised, though, to find that the twins who were going to be dining with them in high chairs with full-on outfits, like little sailor, matching sailor well, outfits. yeah. You gotta have sailor outfits. And eating off of, like, golden spoons being hand-fed <laughs> by Mrs. Daly were two dogs. Yeah. That, they were not the only dogs in the movie, though, because we no. also have Spider belong to the same family spider didn't get to eat at the table though no (laughs) not at all i wonder how spider feels about that it was real sad but then mr daly lets arthur borrow that doesn't even let him forces him to borrow spider for the night and it's just weird like the idea of being like here's my dog have have my dog for the night i kept thinking about like When's the dog going to get fed? And does he know how to take him for a walk? And I kept thinking that's not how dogs work. Yeah, like, he was like following him around. You can't, you can't just be like, here, have my dog, and the dog's just like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm loyal to this person for yeah. the next twelve hours. Cool, gotcha. Yeah, no, that's weird. That dog would be like, um, no, thank you. Otherwise, burglars would like hold you hostage and be like, declare me his owner for the next 12 hours. <laughs> Maybe they wouldn't. I, I don't know. It was weird. And then he's got this dog, but he's still wandering all around the house completely alone. The dog's not anywhere near him. I'm like, why? Why did... I was really worried that something terrible was going to happen to I know. I figured that would happen, and it didn't, so that's good. Yeah. Spider was pretty much the only thing that something horrible didn't happen to. Pretty much. In fact, one of the horrible things that happened is Arthur and Mr. Daly were working to unearth the body of Mm. Jeanette's son, the original son that was at issue. From the swamp. Yeah, he was in the swamp in like black goo. Because that's what swamps are made of. Which was marked with a giant cross that somehow didn't sink into the swamp. No, well, they put it in. It's got like a buoy underneath it. Hmm. But Arthur goes in and dives under and is like, you know, tying a rope to this car so that they can pull it out. And I caught an IMDb Hmm. goof all by myself without knowing it was a goof and then looked it up and saw that it was a goof. Oh my gosh, what was it? It wasn't that exciting. He had his face completely covered with mud from being completely buried in mud, except there was a clean spot all around his mouth. And I was like, oh, he totally had like a scuba thing in or whatever. Yep. 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 I caught it. Yep. Um, I am really glad I'm not Daniel Radcliffe, and I am really (laughs) glad I did not have to act that scene where he was under mud. Yeah, that's gross. Like swimming in mud, which again, how did the cross stay at the top <laughs> if it was so liquid and sinkable that yeah, sink intoable that he could basically swim in it? Well, that was right. That was like the edge. There was like a straight drop off right there where the cross oh, was in. Perhaps he was in at like a grave. Perhaps. So he did find the wagon. Mm-hmm. which still had the boy's body in it, which I'm kind of on Jeanette's side 
because she's mad that like one of the things she's angry about is that they didn't even yeah like bury him properly they just left him in the mud he's daniel radcliffe was like I can feel it under my toes. It was less than six feet under. <laughs> yeah. And they were just like, well, nah. And they knew where it was because they put they the big old cross. Exactly. And they're just like, I know there's a child down there, but whatever. Come on, guys. If we, if we pull him up, we're just going to have to put him back in the ground somewhere else. Right. That's the big problem with living in a swamp. Yeah. It was, it was um, justifiable anger on Jeanette's part, if you ask me. So anyway, he finds him, reunites him with his mother, and thinks, all is well. I have solved this ghost mystery. This is clearly what the ghost wanted. Yeah. All done. He was absolutely sure he had this all figured out. with Without the traditional, you know, trip to the library and books oh, no, on yeah. ancient no. wisdom or anything. He didn't need any of that. He just figured it all out and did it. And so that mm-hmm. was that. And that's how the movie ended. He also realized that the way he needed to draw her to the nursery where he had laid yes. out her child's body was to activate all of the wind-up toys at once. Wind-up toys, which were legitimate antiques and not in fact made for the movie they looked like legitimate antiques which was kind of funny because i'm like i don't think they would look like they were hundreds of years old <laughs> while this movie yeah, was happening but everything in that house looked all <laughs> dead and worn out yeah all those wind-up toys definitely reminded me of the you know the monkey with the symbols in yeah. the stephen king story the monkey sure where like every time the symbols clash together like someone died or something right yeah bad things happened so because i have read that story all like industrial era wind-up toys (laughs) give me the creeps yeah i mean because i'm pretty sure they're possessed or cursed they're definitely creepy yeah speaking of creepy we get into a key discussion point for today okay This movie was selected for us. By the way, I've already reviewed The Woman in Black 2 many years ago. Hmm. I didn't bother looking up what I gave it or anything, but whatever. But this one was selected for us by a TikTok video on this guy polled 500 people on what their scariest movie is. And these, this was in the top 10 scariest movies for these people. Solely. Mm Mm-hmm. Was this a top 10 scariest movie? No. No. I mean, ooh, top 10. I don't know. No. No. But here's the thing. Gothic horror to me is not top 10 horror. Yeah. Like, I don't find it. It's creepy. It's It's got the the energy, right? Like, it, mm-hmm. ooh, you're immersed in like, ooh. Yeah, because everything's so depressing. Right. And everything, you know, like, you never know what... When there's going to be a spider somewhere or whatever, right? So it's creepy, but it's not scary the way like so many other movies that we've seen have been scary. Like when I think of top 10 scary movies, I'm thinking of Train to Busan. I'm thinking of Eyes of Your Mother. I'm thinking of Goodnight Mommy. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking of Under the Shadow. Yeah, like so- it has to be way more upsetting and like... I don't know. The backstory to this was not unusual or or scary enough for me. Hmm. Yeah. When I think about scary, I think more visceral. Like, you know, it doesn't really matter what it's about or anything. Just the moment to moment. Like, jump scares, yes. But also, 
you know, a really creepy hallway that we're slowly moving down, you know, like just things that feel scary that hit those emotions. And for me, hmm, I think gothic horror has great potential in that regard. You know, you've got this very creepy old house in all of them. And you're in there and it's dark and, you know, I mean, things I, I would come out say, of the walls. I would even say that there were some shots where it was like you're looking down a long yeah. candle-lit hallway and, like, you can't see things well. And, yeah, the potential is there. But I don't think – I don't know. I think for me it's that, oh, this lady is – this dead lady is mad because her child – was killed and so she's seeking revenge on all the children in the village like that's such an old story (laughs) and it's not to say it wasn't done well here it's just not it's too predictable to be scary Hmm. well see like i would say that to me that doesn't matter that it because it doesn't matter if the outcome of the story is predictable or whatever because it's that moment to moment feeling that i'm Mm -hmm. concerned with as in terms of whether it's scary or not so was this Did this have that for you or no? No, because at one point, the woman in black zoomed across the room on a camera dolly. (laughs) And that was weird. (laughs) That that pulled you out of the story a little? Kind of, (laughs) yeah. So, okay, I listed some of the ones that immediately came to mind. And I want to say, like, if I went through and actually looked at, knew what all the movies were, I might pick different ones as the most scary ones. But those are the ones that come to my mind as being like, they stuck around in my head because they were scary in some way. What would you say? Well, the number one that always comes to my mind is, you know what, I'm going to, I was going to be like, oh, this probably wouldn't get me anymore. But I remember rewatching it decades after and finding it still scary. The Blair Witch Project. Blair Witch Project was definitely terrifying the first time I saw it. Yeah, that's scary stuff. There was something about the whole handheld, found footage, panting, someone panting in fear in your ear constantly for two hours. (laughs) Like, yeah, yeah, that was definitely spooky. Yeah, that was, I I mean, uh, that was my number one definitely at the time. Like, I remember... I remember being in the theater and every time day would come in the movie, I would be like, okay, we're mm-hmm. good now. Mm-hmm. I hope I hope another night doesn't come. <laughs> I remember also, I saw it in the theater and I remember sitting on the edge of my, like literally I caught myself at one point. I was like, this is what they mean. <laughs> I'm literally mean. sitting on the edge of my seat. <laughs> yep. That's how it works. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what other ones I would, I would shoot for. Yeah, otherwise I feel like it's kind of movies that nobody's heard of like that aren't that aren't even necessarily great movies and probably are mostly found footage really. Mm-hmm. Like just you know, spooky stuff in a house. Like paranormal activity is kind of scary cuz things jump out at you. Well, it's like you said, the visceral nature of it. Like those yeah. are movies that tap into your internal like the way your body tells you you are scared. Yeah. Either you're breathing fast or you're like holding your breath or like there's so many things that our bodies do when we're afraid. And if a movie can get that sympathetic response happening, yeah, like definitely, or like paranormal activity ones, I think it's because you spend so much time watching the corners because you're like something, something is going to happen. And your body is like, okay, clearly we're in danger because you're very (laughs) attentive to all the details like yeah, I think they so. trigger these these responses in us. 
Yeah. So maybe not top 10 scariest for us. No, I don't think so. I don't think so. But I also think, like, we've moved past this kind of scary. Just, I think, culturally, like, these are not the things that are scary anymore. Well, no, for us. I know we've got people who listen to our podcast who are like, oh, I can't watch Teletubbies. They're too scary. (laughs) Oh, that was a call out. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) It's like my dad with ketchup. My dad's afraid Um, of ketchup. Yeah, no, I I agree. I think a lot of the people who listen to this podcast are probably like, oh my gosh, everything is, you know, all of these movies are scary. But I think in terms of people who, you know, watch horror now, Mm -hmm. gothic horror is not the horror that's like scary. It's you watch it for other reasons. Because, I don't know, this is probably me just projecting, but... Sounds like it. These are, these are not the things that scare me. So clearly they're <laughs> not the things that scare anyone. Duh. Duh. Yeah. Ratings. As we said, this was not the scariest movie. I do feel like it was done well in terms of the, the, the atmosphere and all of that. Like it evoked what it was trying to evoke. I just don't find those things as scary as other people, perhaps. But one thing we haven't mentioned yet, and and the thing that for me kind of elevates this movie, like I'm pretty sure the ending, the last like five minutes of this movie will cause me to add on a full point Wow! in my rating. Because it was the piece where I was like, that is not what I expected. It's not what you expect. Because yeah. everything else, I'm like, yep, 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 yep. This is all exactly what you would think if someone if if someone told you that they had written a gothic horror story, <laughs> you know, about blah blah blah. But the fact, and here are major spoilers. If you intend to watch this movie, you should watch this movie before you listen to me talk about the end. But the fact that I expected that kid to die, yeah. like. Lots of kids died in this right? movie. Right, like, it it was coming. Like, and when, when she was all, never forgive, never forgive, I'm like, oh, dude, you're a little, like, we're going to reunite you with your son, and you're all going to go on your merry little way. That plan didn't work, my friend, and now your son is in grave danger. Yeah. I knew that part. So I went on this emotional roller coaster. I was like, oh, this is so sad, because I know someone else is still going to die. Like, there's this whole ending, mm-hmm. like, the son and the nanny show up, and oh, everybody's feeling better. And like the whole, you can feel all the stress is off, except it's not because I know this kid is going to die. And then the kid, you know, is being lured into, in front of the train by the woman in black. And I'm like, yep, here it comes, here it comes. Uh And then Harry Potter is going to save him. And I'm like, holy roller coaster. Like I was sure he was going to die. And now like everything is fine. And then nope, they're both dead. Mm Mm-hmm. But also, you left out another hump in the roller coaster, which is that they're both dead, but they're meeting up with the kid's mom, his Harry Potter's wife, and and like, it turns moving out everyone's okay with it. And so they're like, "Yay, yeah. this all went well." Like, it went from sad ending, kid's gonna die, to happy ending, kid's not gonna die, to sad ending, kid and dad both died, to <laughs> happy ending. Yeah, they died, but it's okay because this is better. <laughs> I I don't know. Like, yeah, it was quite the roller coaster in like the last four minutes of the movie. Mm-hmm. And I enjoyed that. And so I think that that took it 
and turned it from a movie where I was like, eh, yeah, okay. I can't, I don't have a lot of complaints about it, yeah. but I'm also not in love with this movie to, okay, I don't have a lot of complaints about it. I'm not super in love with it, but you gotta watch it because the ending is right there. Yeah. I don't know. So anyway, I am going to give this movie four sips of lie out of five. And it really is because of the ending. Without that ending, any other way that it had ended, it probably would have been a three. Huh. That is quite a a strong point. But I'm giving it a four because I really did appreciate the ending. The only thing, like the only thing that would have made it better for me is that we didn't see the like schmaltzy like, oh, they're reunited with the mother and uh-huh. everything is okay. Don't be sad. But at the end, I wanted it to end with like the nanny looking down onto the train tracks and seeing the splattered bodies. <laughs> wow. Okay, maybe not quite that graphic. <laughs> wow. But like I wanted it to be very clear that like we're thinking that, you know, the dad's there holding his son up against the thing. And he's like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I whew, survived that. And I was thinking, I cannot believe you survived that. Like... That train must have been so close to you. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, it was on top of him. It was very close. (laughs) So, like, just a little bit of, like, proof that just even the nanny's face looking down into the thing and screaming because she's not relieved. I would have been like, oh, oh, oh. That would have been the perfect ending for me. Yeah. Well, I want to tell you that they added the happy ending with test audiences, and it did not have this happy ending to begin with. Test audiences ruin everything. I mean, regular people are dumb, so yeah. So anyway, I would give it four out of five. I think it's a good watch. All right. It's funny. I'm not going to dive into my issues again, but I do want to point out that this is... Another movie, just like The Beach House, that ends with someone getting smacked by a vehicle out of the blue. Although, less out of the blue because we know it's coming and he's like trying to save his kid. See, it's much better. Stakes. Drama. Yes. But... Bus buses only work (laughs) in certain instances. But, you know, in that movie, it was like she made all this effort to try to save herself and then just splat. And it's over. And like, why did I watch that? And here... It feels very different. There's, He makes an effort to stop the ghost, and he thinks he succeeded, and yeah. everything's kind of cool. And then, you know, we see that it, he hasn't, and it, it all works out. And, like, there's something to it. And I don't even know how to describe what that is that's different about that, but it's so much better, so much more integrated. I don't know if I liked the ending, but I didn't dislike it. It was interesting and, you know, creative and worth seeing so i i appreciated it but overall the whole i mean we haven't seen this kind of gothic ghost story in such a long time and it's just fun i like to i like to get that you know this is where ghosts belong Mm -hmm. back in the 1800s Mm -hmm. that's that's when we had the most ghosts and the best ghosts yeah today's ghosts are just they don't know what they're doing so, I like those 1800s ghosts. These, these new young whippersnapper ghosts, they need to get off our lawn. Gen Z ghosts is the problem. Attic. Absolutely. The greatest ghost generation. So, for me, it's all not bad, but I, it didn't blow my mind. It wasn't this great thing, but it was overall just a you know good feeling, just straightforward little story to enjoy. So, I would give it 
three and a half sips of lye out of five. So I, I recommend it. It's not my favorite, but it's good. It's not in my top ten, I would say. That's fair. So that's all we have to say today. So maybe next week we'll come back with a top ten movie, or more likely not. More likely a bottom ten movie. <laughs> We seem to find a lot of those. More than 10. Those are fun, too. They are really fun. (laughs) See you then. Bye. ¿Por qué no comemos en la playa?